TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Yeah, hey, that's us. We're here. Welcome in. And texters and Twitter followers, yes, it's kind of a weird kind of Monday suckage, holiday suckage, whatever you want to call it. Thank you for joining us. Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Espo and I will be here till 10 o'clock. Mark Grody will take over. And again, meshing, mixing all He used the, to be on the show. Yes, and now he, he will be on his own show, but he will be on the show at 945. <laughs> That's as part right. of the transition. He confirmed that Saturday when we talked on the air on Real Saturday Suckage. And we do have a lot of Wake and Bakers checking in on the text line. So thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> and I, I had put the question out for the Waken Bakers. Is this an Indica or Sativa kind of weekend? Is that how you do it with the extended? Is it Indica into couch? Is that the kind of weekend? Or Sativa? You went up and go and energy. And and apparently there were a lot of a lot of people doing Indica. They did not respond. But that was the, that was the Wake and Bake response. On Saturday, I don't know what we're doing now. I don't know what they're doing now. We should, we should have them check in. 312-644-6767. That'd be a good w- idea. WB Club. What, which way are you going? Indica, assemble. Sativa. Yeah, assemble. There you go. So we had heard, I had seen it on my Twitter feed. Blow it up. James Fox of Future Sox is one. Blow it up. I'm sick of this. This is awful. And there were a lot of comments about the same, following the same way. But in the same, you, you just suck you have a rookie manager who looks just like a rookie manager you got first of all you have an owner whose whose greatest whose biggest expenditure for a free agent is Andrew Benatendi at 75 million dollars right and guess who according to Chris Kampka guess who after Jose Abreu former White Sox uh huh Homered yesterday. First home run of the Guess season. Guess who's gone the longest without a home run in the Oh, boy. I, well, I know the answer now yes, because you, you said it. Yes, you do. <laughs> so, there's, there's, that's what you get. You get an owner who's not going to spend money. It's certainly not on pitching. He hates pitching. He doesn't want pitching, but we need pitching, that kind of thing. You got a, a team president who just sort of is there and wants you to stay out of White Sox business. And you've got a general manager who can't choose managers. He's done badly with one he didn't get, and he's done badly with one he did get. And you've got a manager who, like, it's so Pedro Grafol at times reminds me of Chip Diller. Now, was a character portrayed by Kevin Bacon in Animal uh-huh. House, standing there Remain during the calm. chaos of the parade. Remain calm. All mm-hmm. is well. And he just... He just sounds like a rookie manager and looks like it in so many ways. And then you've got a lineup he can't try. Eloy came back. That's great. Where's, should we start a pool when he gets injured next time? 
when he has to leave the lineup again, and he will, and you've got a bad defensive team, you've got a team that's not up for every game the way the manager said he would, you got a bullpen you can't trust, the rotation's falling apart. Well, I, and, and I was going to ask, and this is not what I started to say, but I'm going to say it now, what happened to Dylan Cease in one offseason? The runner-up of the American League Cy Young Award last year has been bad this year. Another four... In- this, is, this is a tough line to make here. He lasted four innings yesterday against the Tigers. Four. He did have eight strikeouts. But he somehow managed to throw 102 pitches in four innings while giving up four earned runs, four hits, four walks, and those eight strikeouts. How do you even, I mean, that's, this is a guy who was lights out. I mean, we all remember it was, it's not that long ago. That's my Dylan Cease question. To reply to what I was going to reply to when you were asking about Aloy, number one, we know he's injury prone. We know he can hit, but why is he playing right field? He's your DH. Let him DH and nothing else. That shows you, again, Why? another weakness in Why the White Sox. Why is he Sox playing or, the outfield? There, there seems to be a lack of backbone in the White Sox organization. He is a guy who should not be allowed to bring a glove out there. The Twins keep Byron Buxton on the bench because he keeps getting hurt, but they want his bat in the lineup, and he's way more athletic and way better at defense than Aloy Can Jimenez we get some is. Twins down here, some Twins executives <laughs> with a backbone to try to tell the guy, no, you're, you're that guy. But the problem is the White Sox have a bunch of DHs. See, the roster isn't much different. And by the way, we forgot to mention last hour how guys are playing out of position. They're playing positions they shouldn't. Eloy's a good example. All is well! Yeah. All is well. Yeah. Thank you, Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Remain calm. So anyways, everybody's talking, all right, break this up. This is miserable. This is whatever the window is. The window just shattered, and you want. Well, here's the first problem you face when you want the White Sox or the Cubs because you can say blow this whole thing up. What is, what does Jed know? What is he doing? What has he ever done when he's been in charge? You could ask that question. What has he ever done when he's in charge? Not as good as when Theo's in charge. Let's let's start there. Who's in charge here? So, let's talk about the Sox and what you're dealing with is if you blow this up, who's doing it? The guy who got you into this problem, the guys, is it Kenny Williams and Rick Hahn? Do they get to do this? See, this was my whole problem. It's similar to what the Bears did with, with dithering George McCaskey and Ted Phillips. And they yeah, we're going to have more collaboration yeah. when they kept Ryan Pace around and Matt Nagy. And mm-hmm. they let Ryan Pace draft another quarterback. Who, by the way, whatever you might say, the, the new GM needs to see Ryan Pace's quarterback pass more to see if he could play in a passing league. Mm -hmm. But this is the problem you run into. If you say blow it up, you have to start by blowing up the front office. You can't do that. You can't let Rick Hahn do it again. His manager is a rookie manager and bad. Now, I understand Bruce Bochy was out there, right? Texas is playing pretty well. Yep, They, they are. They are. They were. They had the best. That was the best fifty-game record they've had after mm-hmm. the thirty-two and eighteen. And he could have walked in and had as many World Series rings as the chairman, as Kenny Williams, as Rick Hahn altogether. They didn't go with him. They went with a the guy they thought they could manage. They wanted to manage the manager. If you're going to do this, and the problem is, it's always Chairman Reinsdorf always does Chairman Reinsdorf things, doesn't he? 
It's it is very bear esque. I think, and I hadn't thought of that before, but because they did the teardown, and and I think people were on board with the first teardown, the White Sox. I'm talking about, and you build up then from there. I just think that, and this is something that we we talked about a lot when Larusa was here. This is the the window, the, you know, the old window being open. The, you know, the the phrase everyone likes to use. That was started what two seasons ago. So we're wide. We're right in the middle of the of the window. Air quotes, right? Yes. How's that and going you're out? In fourth How, place. How's that going for you? Yeah, so far. So here's the here's the thing. You Chairman Reinsdorf does Chairman Reinsdorf things. He rarely he doesn't always like venturing out of the DNA of the White Sox. Robin Ventura was a great example of that. Rick Hahn's still your GM because Kenny said he's going to be your GM and that's the way it's going to go. But you realize what they've, you're, you've, if you're going to break this up, if you're going to blow this up, you have to blow up the front office. And you need a fresh set of eyes, somebody who's not, somebody who doesn't go along with that program. I, I want to suggest that this would be the time I would put Steve Stone in charge. He fills the need of somebody who's a smart baseball person. That he is. But who isn't going to follow every step, what seems to be every White Sox step. He has enough White Sox DNA because he's been in the booth. He has been there watching this team. He has been in the clubhouse talking to these players. He knows them very well. And the great part about this is he's not beholden to any of them. Was he checking on Todd Frazier while he was down there? He was not. He was not. He would be an ex. If you're going to blow this, if you're going to blow the roster up, you cannot let Rick Hahn do it. You cannot let Kenny Williams do it. Wouldn't you think if you're going to do it, you blow up the front office? If I'm blowing up the front office, I'm giving Steve Stone his chance to remake this team. Call me stupid because I probably am right now because I'm. What I'm thinking is opposite of everything that you just said in in this in this regard. It's very likely that if they do blow it up again, that it will still be Rick Hahn doing this, right? I mean, is it wrong of me to think that Rick Hahn, if this fails, that Rick Hahn will no longer be the White Sox general manager? By this, I mean this group. I, I don't know what his, I don't know what the chairman's tolerance is at his age, what he's gone through. I don't know what his his appetite is for starting over. But the great thing about, the way I see Steve Stone is that he's somebody that the chairman is comfortable with, someone that the chairman's someone with a, enough baseball knowledge, baseball history, baseball logic that the chairman would be comfortable with and would believe in. But I don't know what his appetite for that kind of change is. Well, how did it, and maybe the answer in, on the Bulls side is because it's Michael Reinsdorf kind of running the Bulls, Yeah, well, right? he's not running the White Sox. No, I know. That's why I say. Well, when they finally decided to blow up the, the whole Bulls front office thing and, and hire a modern GM and, and get away from the whole Garpax thing, who, you know, how did they finally come to that? Is that because the chairman is not running the Bulls anymore and Michael is? Well, it's, I don't know the answer to that. I, I believe that to be true, that, that that's somebody who who said, we need an outside look at this whole thing. We need to change all this. I mean, they didn't. They still took care of John Paxson. 
I'm sh- of course. And and, and, and and by the way, how's that working out with? We'll discuss that later. <laughs> yeah. Well, because and, and, yeah. I've got to call BS on something that it, Arturis Karnishevis does not seem to be able to understand the team he's watching. This is a major flaw. We'll discuss that later. He's not, he's got a coach who doesn't understand it, and he's, he doesn't understand the team in front of him. You also can't build a team around Jimmy Butler, it's just not going to happen. Well, I got a question about that. As long as you brought him up, how much have we heard about that heat culture in the last week? Yeah. When they've lost three games, including one at home. I, 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 how, how much have we heard about that heat culture? If you had to redo that trade, well, I mean. Every team that trades Jimmy Butler loses. That's the way it's gone. Yes. He's the torch. Yeah. He burns everybody yep. he leaves. Every team. The, the Bulls sucked. The, they lost that trade. The, the Timberwolves sucked. They lost that trade. The 76ers then sucked and then got rid of him, and he was okay. If the Bulls could they have figured okay. out how to use Larry Markkinen, that might have helped. That's a problem for <laughs> the new bull, the, the newest Reinsdorf, the uh-huh. garden variety Reinsdorf in charge of the Bulls, uh-huh. is backing a guy who couldn't identify Larry, Mar- Larry Markkinen. we got to get rid of him. And... And as a guy who does not seem to understand they don't have a point guard and that three-point shots are worth more than two-point shots. He drafts guys who can't shoot. Not shoot, not not a lot. Patrick Williams is getting a little better. Good for him. But the, the, the basketball part of it we'll discuss later. Yes, I'm sorry the to base, get us off The off baseball start subject of this here. is... If you want to blow them, and I understand why you want to blow up the White Sox, you look at this again, it feels more like a softball team. It feels more like it's not even a good Lego lineup. You're not even putting good Legos together. You're just, because what's right about this? The manager's a rookie. The rotation is shredded. Kopech and Lynn have been really good the last couple times out. How you do it, how you fix for... Cease and Giolito, who were supposed to be the lead dogs on this whole thing. And then your bullpen. Got a rookie manager who can't seem to manage the bullpen. And and Liam Hendricks. At Back outsta- today. Great. That's the best story in baseball. For yep. the White Sox, here's your stories. Here's your arc, White Sox fans. You go from Tim Anderson's home run in the Field of Dreams to Liam Hendricks today. Everything else in between has just been misery. Right. Well, I mean, and, and the funny thing is, they hired Tony Larusa. Well, if you recall, hi- the chairman jammed him down he, Rick Hahn's throat. He was hired to take them to the next level, right? Because they they were in they just couldn't stay awake. The for window. <laughs> they were in air quotes again. The window, and in order to lift them from you know division winner to hey, let's go win a pennant, let's go you know win the World Series. Tony Larusa was brought in. Mr. Championship Manager. Mm-hmm. And how's that gone for? And obviously he's not here anymore. And I'm I'm uh tongue firmly planted in cheek, but uh yeah. right. this is it. The, the I, I you look at the lineup and they should be way better than they are. They should be way better. We say how many years do you say that? I know before you I, just, I, I I know that's why people want to blow it up. Let's see if Paul Solomon wants to blow it up. I'm We're gonna guess, take yes. a break here on the score, and when we come back, we'll talk with Paul Sullivan. A uh, baseball legend, baseball writing legend, column writing legend for the Chicago Tribune. 
and we will see what he thinks about this whole blow-it-up idea on both sides of town, frankly. And we'll do that after this. I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Mike Esposito. Thanks for joining us this morning. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Memorial Day. Steve Rosenblum. Mike Esposito on Sports Radio 670 The Score. Hey, it's us. I know us. I know them. He's Mike Esposito. I'm Steve Rosenblum. Thanks for joining us this Memorial Day. Hope your holiday is going well, your extended weekend. We're Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, we go to the Busey Bank Score Hotline. Building business, growing wealth since 1868. And that was the year our next guest was born. He's Paul <laughs> Sullivan of the Tribune. Hi, Sully. Hey, Rosie. How are you, Mike? Sully? How you doing? What's up, Sully? Hey, guys. All right. So we were, during the break, uh, Espo said he saw you, and we're discussing the whole idea that, that wait, didn't we just repeat this? Didn't we just do this? Didn't we just do <laughs> and, and he says, yeah. And Sully said, yeah. And I just wrote that, and I wrote that last month, and I wrote that. So Chicago baseball it never gets old and it never goes forward. That's where we are with some of the worst things in the sport. We have the worst team in the National League, and they're better yeah. than the team on the South Side, which is one of the worst, it was third worst in all of baseball. Welcome to Chicago Baseball Memorial Day. Wow, that's classic. I, I don't know. I'm not a nerd that I would know all this, but uh, I would like to know the last time both teams were like the worst in both leagues, that would be something to really shoot for. Although, although I don't see the Sox surpassing Oakland at any any point soon. Oakland's a special oh, brand man. of sixty-two yeah. Mets. So maybe we shouldn't count Oakland. And uh, yeah, they still probably couldn't pass uh, Kansas City. Now that I think of it, but still, you know, two really really bad teams. One city. One. Summer that everyone's just really looking forward to after the winter and uh, here, here on the kickoff it. to summer weekend. Already Sully. over, yeah, there yeah, you go. already over. I had made the point, Sully, earlier that Pedro Grafol just sounds like a rookie manager in some of the worst ways. This this guy who says, 
They, you know, we're, I don't know what's going to happen. It's 7 o'clock. We're going to come and kick your ass. Well, guess what? His team hasn't been ready every game. They're still defensively sad. We saw that yesterday. Tim Anderson was exposed again as a guy who needs more excuses and more defensive practice. And and they're they're not the smartest team on the bases, and they've got a lot of designated hitters. And their rotation is is in a in. There's some question, and the manager can't manage the bullpen. I I don't know what there is. People are calling for like break this thing up. But why would you let Rick Hahn do that again? Why would you let him be in charge of it when this is what he has brought you? How would you deal with that? You know it sucks. How would you deal with that? But as far as breaking it up, yeah, I mean, you, I don't think do they that? have much of a choice. <laughs> they're going to well, be this bad. Uh, but uh, they're not going to fire Han in midseason. So uh, I don't know who else was, was going to make the trades uh, unless you let Kenny do it. So, um, no, yeah. I mean, especially guys that are going to be free agents like Geo, who I think they could really get something for. He's probably gone. Uh, I would think they would start shopping Tim Anderson, uh, you know, a year before his free agency because uh, I don't see him re-signing. So, and, and you got guys like Lance Lynn and Elvis. Uh, so there's quite a few guys in the team that they can trade. Uh, we've never seen Rick really do a Jed Hoyer type, you know, summer sell-off, but uh, this team would certainly call for one. Well, and, and Sully in this division though, and, I wonder if the White Sox would do. I mean, they wouldn't. They. I mean, even as we sit here today and we're talking about how bad they've been, they're only six games out. And two days, two days ago, Bruce and I did inside the clubhouse, and we were doing glass half full because you know both teams had been playing pretty well. Yeah. You were you were looking at it. You're like, listen, these divisions are winnable. You're you're four and a half, five games back. Whatever. It's Memorial Day. You know, you're starting. Uh, the meteor season, you're still in it. And even today, the Sox are only six out. Oh, yeah, for sure they're still in it. But that's why, you know, this. I wrote last week, this this series in Detroit was the kind of a big series, even despite their records, two sub-500 teams, because the way the division is playing out. And you can tell the Twins are, are not good, and they're not going to run away with it. The Detroit actually may be the best team, and uh, that's not a good team. So... Uh, it could get to the point um, kind of like in 97. And as Steve uh, remembers well, uh, you know, they were in it in 97, a couple games out of the uh, behind Cleveland in the race. And uh, then they sold off, uh, uh, they pulled off the big white flag trade with uh, uh, Wilson Alvarez, Roberto Hernandez, and whoever else was in it. I can't remember. But Danny Darwin so it, from memory, I think. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Danny Darwin. So it could get to the point where they're still in it, technically, and they still have to uh, you know, trade some of their, their assets, assets just for the future. Because, look, when you look at the farm system, that's, you know, that could use some restocking as well. So, um, you know, a lot of decisions for the Sox. I'm sure today will be a happy day because everyone's, you know, just glad to see Liam back and it's a great story and a very, you know, courageous uh, comeback for, for Liam. But, you know, once that story, you know, once we get used to that, then it's back to, you know, what do we do now? So um, they've got a one day reprieve and, and then it's back to the, uh, back to the grind. 
Paul Sullivan is our guest. He writes in the wake of the news column for the Chicago Tribune, a baseball writing legend, longtime legend. He was there when Alexander Cartwright was was forming. Was, and Sully was the one who said, no, six, 60 feet. 60 Add six inches on that. Make inches. the bases bigger, would you? Yeah, that's right. right. <laughs> Come on, man. So with all the people from there, there's some the Sox outrage after the loss and, and looking stupid in against the Tigers was like break it up and I don't want Outrage to about uh, the suck. Joe Kelly thing or what? Well or just Joe, that Joe they Kelly's lost. part of it. You're not getting you just where they are. They're in they're in fourth place, but only for the grace of the or the stupidity of the Royals. And yeah. And so you chose a manager from a team, the only team worse than you in that division. <laughs> and he looks like a rookie manager, and this is Rick Hahn's choice. And these are Rick Hahn's players, and these are Rick Hahn's contracts, long-term contracts for young players. We're, we're making a bet on the future. If it gets blown up, Rick Hahn can't do this. And I don't know that you should let Rick Hahn do it or Kenny Williams do it. What about Steve Stone as the guy in charge it seems to fit the chairman's – he sort of likes to stay within his DNA, somebody he trusts. There's a guy who is – look, he's watched this team every day, but he's not beholden to all these players. He's been in that clubhouse, but he's not beholden to all these players. I don't know how he'd go about making excuses or trying to soft-sell it the way Rick Hahn often does, the way you, maybe Bruce Bochy would have been Steve Stone's choice as a manager, but – what about that idea? Steve Stone is general manager? Or general what? manager, president, the guy in charge. Steve Stone is General manager slash broadcaster? You're and taking him out of the booth or you're, he's I'm, doing both jobs? I'm taking him out of the booth. And I'm <laughs> oh, him, I'm, I'm against that. I'm That's making him Theo Epstein. I know, I am too, but <laughs> I'm making him Theo Epstein. It doesn't have, having him in the booth to describe a crappy team is not as good as having him put together a better team that Jason Benetti can handle on. But it's definitely entertaining. Um, I think, you know, uh, part of the reason you watch baseball is to hear the repartee between him and and Jason. So I I would like to uh, continue that. Okay, so you're not (laughs) in uh, favor of the Sox getting better. Great. He's in favor of enjoying uh, the, the games the on TV. Because the people making the decisions now suck like the team well, yeah, does. That's it's not their really team. a realistic thing. Uh, how many times do they go into the broadcast booth at, in the middle of the season and say, hey, <laughs> our general manager starts selling off the players? Uh, that's not going to happen. But he's capable but, of it. He knows them. Uh, yeah, well, he definitely knows them. Ozzy knows them, too. Ozzy, you know, we kept saying, well, Ozzy should be manager. No one knows the team more than Ozzy. He's watched him every day, but that didn't happen. Uh, you know, I guess in theory it would be fun to see. Um, it would be interesting to see what he does. Uh, I would, I would guess Anderson would be would be the first guy out, but uh, maybe some more salads in the clubhouse. You know, clubhouse meal. I don't know, but I, uh, I don't know. It's hard to say that because it's just unrealistic. So do you agree? It's unrealistic. No, I don't. I don't put at this point. You I don't think know they what... would actually Reinsdorf would actually like pull Steve out of the broadcast booth and say, "Hey, you're it's your team now." But I believe that's Come a on. guy he trusts. A guy who he spent a lot of time with and and had a lot of discussions with, and knows he's baseball savvy, and and it fits the chairman's idea of I want to stay within my DNA. I want to stay in my comfort zone. But I definitely need a different okay. look. It all has to be different because what's happened now sucks. 
So okay, well, after the season, maybe I could, you know, like a low, low, low percentage chance of happening, yeah, but not. Talk not radio right now. doesn't wait for after the season, <laughs> Sully. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, all right. I'll go along with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah let's now we know what Sully's call will be for Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Sully, uh, we're, yeah. we're talking about managers, and and Steve just mentioned Bruce Bochy. I'm curious what you think if you do nothing else other than put Bruce Bochy in the dugout with this White Sox team. How much, if any, of a difference does it make? Or a guy like Bruce Bochy it doesn't have to be specifically him. Oh, I think Bruce Bochy would have made a. A significant difference because he's Bruce Bochy and he's one of the you know, best managers of our era. Um, and that's not to say that this is on Pedro because, uh, you know, he, he's not the, you know, when you have one of the worst bullpens in baseball, uh, these things are going to happen, but uh, he certainly hasn't distinguished himself. I will say that. I thought yesterday was a, you know, perfect example when he had a uh, Kendall Graveman came in and, did a great job through only, I don't know, a handful of pitches. Six. <laughs> and we then he six yeah, pitches, and then yep. takes him out for Joe Kelly again. And not that Joe Kelly hasn't been pitching well. He's, he's had a great month, but he, he just came in and blew it the day before. And, you know, why why do you want to go back to that right away uh, unless you're just being stubborn? And that's what he did, and, and they lost that one. So, um, you know, I, I think it's really too soon to really uh, – say what kind of a manager he is and it's hard to say with this team but uh yeah i think if you had someone like bruce bochy uh, i don't think we'd be seeing some of the uh, mental and uh the mental mistakes that we've seen and some of the poor defense especially talking with paul sullivan of the tribune talking baseball here on the score steve rosenblum mike esposito with you so we i kind of went into the season wondering if we were going to finally learn whether david ross could manage or not I don't know if you've arrived at any conclusions, but it's not a really good roster. And the only conclusion I've arrived at is that Jed Hoyer is better at quitting than he is at competing because he was able to rip apart, send all your favorites away. They quit the se- they quit all the seasons when they traded Darvish. Here's your Cy Young candidate, and we're trading him for a bunch of guys who need work permits. And then they got rid of everybody you loved. And... This roster, this team, this approach, I was excited with the idea. Could it work with pitching and defense? Well, he got the pitching wrong. And and then I'm looking back, and Maspo and I were talking. I said, Jed, Jed Hoyer didn't do anything unless there was Theo Epstein above him making the Uber decisions. So I don't know if it's easier to draw conclusions about Jed Hoyer or David Ross. What do you think? Uh, well, I, I don't think either has had a very particularly strong run. Um, you know, I think, uh, Jed had the right idea in the off season when he, he did make some moves that everyone thought, you know, okay, they they're coming out of the rebuild and they had to be Swanson. But, uh, then, you know, when you take a bunch of risks on, on guys like Hosmer, um, it, you know, it just doesn't uh, doesn't compute with okay. It's kind of like a half measure. Okay, we're going to go for it, but man, eh, just we're still saving some money in some areas. So, um, and again, he's got a bad bullpen too. That you know, that was a mistake. I think he even admitted that last week that yep. they had had some success in the past, and guys like Chafin, Tapera, and David Robertson that uh, 
you know, they had taken these veteran guys that didn't really on paper look like they were going to succeed and they did succeed. So then he thought he just had the magic touch and he could do that all over again. Hasn't worked. Um, so, you know, here we are back again. Uh, and Jed, Jed, as we've seen is, is capable of, of doing a summer sell off. Uh, the question to me is whether he would do it again, only a couple of years later. Um, and, and, you know, you talk about you Darvish, we still haven't seen any of those guys from you Darvish trade on the Cubs. And that seems like a million years ago. It so, does, yeah. um, yeah, they need to restock the system too. Um, I think guys like Stroman, who's gotten opt out, he's, you know, he'd be crazy not to opt out and try and get more money. Cause that's what players do these days. Um, Bellinger, when he gets back, I think he's going to be a guy that's on the trade block and they can probably get something for him, for him from a contender. So, uh, yeah, he's got a lot of decisions too. It's, it'd be a sell off summer on both sides of town. Sad that it's uh, here we are on, on literally on Memorial Day saying that because this is, uh, you know, kind of the kickoff to the summer baseball season and the, you know, the tent pull, the, you know, third of the way through whatever it is math wise of the baseball season. Uh, but I, I wanted to ask you a, a follow up on Rossi because it's hard to believe with all the pandemic stuff that, I mean, this is his fourth year already as manager. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, it, and I still feel like we, like you said, you're, you're still kind of wondering about some things about it how he does his job and not that he has any, uh, you know, Jed didn't do many favors this year in the bullpen, but you know, lineup construction and things like that. What, what do you look at when you see how Rossi is handling things? Yeah, there's a little moves here and there. They make you scratch your head. I think he's like pulling in the infield early yesterday. Uh, you know, I mean, who thought that was going to be a low scoring game, uh, stuff like that. Uh, yeah. Some of his bullpen moves, I think, you know, uh, lack uh, creativity um you know he we, we were talking in the spring training about you know what are you going to do with this bullpen and he insisted that you know the pockets new buzzword in baseball pockets that everyone would you know find their own pockets and uh you know none of them have uh i i just think uh, he stuck with fulmer a little too long early on and now he's you know he, he I don't know what you do with him. Uh, Boxberger didn't work out. And then you're, you know, you're counting on young guys like uh, Adbert to the uh, lighter to, to be the high leverage guys at the end of the games. And, you know, that's always a risky thing. So I think, you know, not going into the season with an established closer really hurt them, but still, you know, it's his job to get around that. He hasn't done it. So, yeah, he's going to get some criticism, and this is his fourth year. Um, he is a favorite of Jed. I, it's hard to imagine Jed getting rid of him, but, uh, you know, a lot of Cubs fans are getting kind of antsy now. Yeah, well, Jed may follow him out. I don't, I don't No see. way. There is no chance that Ricketts fires Jed. No chance. No chance. No chance. So you're he not, move not him even around, Jim maybe. Carrey. You're not even telling me there's a chance. <laughs> no, there's a better chance of Steve Stone being the uh, White Sox general manager wow. at the All Star break than uh, Jed getting fired by Ricketts. Okay, because right. of that, the Ricketts consider Jed part of the Theo thing. They won them the won the World Series and you know changed the franchise. And 
You know, that kind so of, that, the way that stuck around, I, I remember talking, a guy named Bill Edler, who was a bracelet-winning World Series of Poker champion, Sox fan, ran into him in 2005, 2004, 2005, 2006, and he said when the Sox won, 2005, he gives Tenny, Kenny, you get 10 years of get-out-of-jail <laughs> free card. That's what he gave him. Yeah. He said, I don't care what happens for the next 10 years. I said, what kind of fan are you? He goes, we won. That's it. I don't care. Next 10 years. But you point out an ex- the, the problem with loyalty, and that problem is, remember the good old days? Oh, swoon. We won with you. I like you. And John Paxson never won a world, uh, an NBA title, and he got like 18 years or whatever. That's a And he's still there in some capacity, isn't he? Yeah, he's still or did they get rid of him? Still getting paid? No, he's still getting yeah. paid. Yeah, yeah. And got a title. He's got a title. He's got money. <laughs> he's got a paycheck. Yeah, he's got a W two form. But it's really, if you just, I I don't want you to. I guess you have to be heartless if you're a business, and you're the one who wrote about succession, dude. There you go. So you compared the <laughs> well, whole Ricketts just, family to succession. Yeah. So you got to <laughs> well, be heartless. What are you fun. doing? They're not them. really as heartless as the Ricketts. I'm not defending them. I'm just saying that it's reality is that they're, I don't see them firing Jed. Uh, teams really, you, know, you don't see many presidents of baseball teams getting fired unless the team, you know, has been gone bad for a while, at least in this town. Uh, it's, you know, general managers are the first to go and even they don't go very quickly. So I just don't see it. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, maybe uh, you know, Ricketts will say, Hey, you know, we've given you a chance and you didn't, you didn't live up to what you said you were going to do. But, uh, you know, every time I've interviewed him, which not is, is not a lot in the last couple of years, but every time he, he does talk, he has nothing but love for Jed. So, uh, I just don't see it happen. Sully, I have some good news for you as we let you go. Marcus Stroman Uh-oh. is pitching today. So that's, that's the good news. And he's pitching yeah, well he's- enough to get traded. He has. He's had a, a very good year. Uh, it doesn't, you know, show up in his win totals, but no one seems to care about that anymore. So uh, hopefully he keeps it up and you can trade him. Uh, Drew Smiley's had a good year. You can trade him. Uh, they, they've got some tradable pieces on that team. So, um, yeah, summer sell-off. Let's go. Super, there you go. Oh. Summer sell-off. I'm a Mario day. Actually. When does training camp start? <laughs> Excellent. All right. So, Sully, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Okay, guys. Have See a good you, Sully. Play. Take care. Paul Sullivan from your former Chicago Tribune. Right, right. So we'll take a break. We come back. There was uh, there was some Bulls news that, and it wasn't just Scottie Pippen. There was some Bulls news over the weekend, thanks to a score personality. And we will bring that to you, and we'll discuss that next. Chicago Sports Radio six seventy the score. Steve Rosenblum, Mike Esposito on Sports Radio 670, The Score. You're Mike Esposito. I'm here. Yes. Reporting for duty, sir. I'm Steve Rosenblum. Thank you for spending part of Memorial Day with us. We hope you spend all day with us on The Score. Espo and I will take it to 10 o'clock. Mark Grody, 10 to 1245. He will be here doing sports stuff and bears, bears, my friend. Bears. Bears. And then at 12.45, Zach Zabin's pregame show, Cubs, Rays at 1.20, and the postgame show. And then Gabe Ramirez will 
take you from the post end of the post game show until eight o'clock. That's your score broadcast. Friend of the show, Scott Lindholm, uh, our buddy from Iowa, tweets at us. In 1986, Rosie, after 52 games, the Cubs were 22 and 30, the Sox 21 and 31. 1986, by the way, that was the year Hawk was the GM of the White Sox. Uh, I don't remember what the Cubs did in 1986, but I know for a fact it was not that good. They didn't trade Bobby Bonilla. I know that. That was the year of the uh, the 86 Mets. Obviously, it was 86. Yeah. It was. So. We know the Cubs didn't do anything that Brown year. Ball the Buckner through his legs. Oh, we're going to hear from Vinny later. Yes, we are. Uh, but for now, we're going to hear from Dan Bernstein. Dan Bernstein and Jason Bernstein, they have the organization's Win Championships podcast. You can get it where you get your podcast. It's an Odyssey app. It's right there for you, A-U-D-A-C-Y. We always spell Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Get the app. Get the podcast. They recently... Recorded an organization's win championships, and it would appear that there it takes a Bernstein to drag some truth out of a what tends to be a truth and information challenged organization. Give a, this a listen. The other thing I heard is even though publicly there has been an expression of guarded optimism regarding a future for Lonzo Ball. And there's a reason why for your pursuant to all kinds of, of union issues where they haven't asked for the salary exemption yet because they don't want to send the message publicly that they're done with him. They don't think it's likely that he ever plays again. It sucks. And, it's, and that's, that was our speculation when we heard about experimental cartilage replacement surgery that yeah. is incredibly rare and is much more likely being done just for his quality of life off of the basketball court. Dan Bernstein and Jason Bernstein, the organization's win championship podcast. Get it on where you get your Odyssey. Get it on the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. So there appears to be, it takes Bernsey to bring out the truth that Karnishevis didn't, despite all the optimism, they know it's crap. That's trouble. And it's seen how much trouble that I, is. And it, it's such a because it it clouds over your judgment, and maybe maybe it doesn't for you. Everything you look at with this team, I mean, was built with. It is. It's a, it's a built-in excuse, but it, it's an actual excuse. You built this team with Lonzo is a huge part of it, you and made now, him Michael Jordan. Now you have no point guard. Right. You have, and Patrick, you still don't have a point Patrick guard. Beverly. You have Io. You have what are you going to do? Find a point guard. At this point, right? Yeah. But, and that and that's the frustrating part of this, I guess, is that because they were off to such a good start, and I'm still not saying they were championship winners even with Lonzo, but defensively and uh, as a point guard offensively, he was a big part of what they were doing and a big part of their strategy, whatever you want to call it, in terms of building that team. But now, I mean, what is it? almost two full seasons after he last played, you have to, if they don't have a point guard to start this season, that would be disaster. You're watching an Eastern Conference final that factors big into the prism of what AK, how he views the Bulls. Joe Cowley wrote about this because the NBA finals will feature AK's former team, Mm -hmm. Denver Nuggets, right? Absolutely. Joker. 
Yep. It's all built around Joker and Jamal. Yep. And Jamal and Jamal Murray mm-hmm. and he's coming back and we believe in you and all of that. Well, Joe Cowley in the Sun-Times is making the point that do not discount what they're doing in Denver. Vooch is no Joker. He's not even close. No. And he's not going to get better to get to that point. But the scary nexus of this was Jamal Murray and Lonzo Ball. Hearing Bernstein's report about, or what he's saying, that people know that this is this is never going to happen, that maybe this blows up because this core is done. This is not going to win. This core Agreed. is done. You're not, and and it's not a matter of trading Vooch is whether he wants to sign back here. But <clears throat> this is a an administration. AK's administration is one that seems to be pretty stubborn or has painted itself into such a corner it can't move. They have no draft picks and, and, and no, money. no money. That's so. So you <laughs> where's you're Jim Carrey to, when we need him? So you trade Levine or you trade DeRozan? Yeah, that's it. And it, you got to start. Vooch is going to do what Vooch is going to do. Yeah, but you also look at you look at the Heat, and here's a really scary part. I don't know if AK was saying this because his owner, his chairman, needed to hear it. This was a palm-to-forehead moment when he gave his state of the state. When the Heat, when they collapsed against the Heat, who are now collapsing against the Celtics. Uh One of the things he brought up was how they beat the good teams this year. He was really heartened. See, last year, they beat the the riffraff, and they couldn't compete with the good teams. Right. This season... He was talking about how they beat the good team. Oh, I liked it. We competed against the good teams, and we, but the the you couldn't beat the crap. So what happened? And what he's trying to sell you is how competitive the Bulls are, which is BS. I'm calling BS on that, and here's why: the good teams didn't take the Bulls seriously, the same way as the Bulls didn't have the emotional and mental maturity to take the Orlandos of the World Seriously, or the Pistons of the World Seriously. I mean, the Bulls were a, they're a dysfunctional team, and they're playing 1970s basketball where your best player is a two-point shooter. So nobody took it. You're, you're the Miami Heat. You're going, oh, these guys are a joke. We don't have to play hard against them. And you saw the Bulls not play hard against worse teams. But AK is trying to sell you on, look how competitive we were against these, and, and they're beating the Heat, and look at where the Heat are. The, the very frustrating part about this is that you had kind of built up to this, you know, and I'll put Lonzo in there too, but you had the DeRozan, Lonzo, Vooch, Zach thing, and you wanted to give it a run and see if it works. Well, obviously, you're missing Lonzo. You're not getting him back. And DeMar, although still playing at a high level, is getting a lot older. Vooch is, what, a year younger than DeRozan? They're, they're right about the same age. And you just max Zach, so he ain't going anywhere unless somebody's going to take that contract and you're going to try to trade him. But it's almost, not almost, it is. It's it's the, the restart again, right? You have to restart. You're not winning anything in the Eastern Conference with this group, even if you bring Vooch back. I think that's obvious at this point. So You, you have barely to, got into the playoffs. I know, p- playoffs. playoffs. <laughs> but, I mean, that's what I mean. So you've got a, another restart on the, on the uh, Bulls front. Uh-huh. Yeah. And You've got another restart. You know, he may be saying that for the business office. 
He may be just trying to gaslight you as a Bulls fan because the Bulls need you to write those checks for season tickets for whatever you're doing. The Bulls still draw, though. I mean, say what you will about the roster and their performance. There's one thing the Bulls have been great at since MJ, Mm -hmm. and that's drawing people to the United States. The Tim Floyd years, and I I get it. It was the absolute right after Michael hangover. Nobody could get tickets before. Now everyone's like, oh, we're going to go see the Bulls when it was... You know, Cornell, David, and Ron Mercer out there. It's 25 years since I understand last. that, but they still, I went to, I, and I, I took my son to a Bulls game this year. And it was still, it's a, it's still a sellout crowd. It's still a fun time. We got to see, uh, at the, it was before the Durant trade, we got to see the Brooklyn Nets. So my son had a good time. The Bulls won that night. But it's still a packed house. See, they house. beat the good teams because it's still a the packed good house. teams just laugh at the Bulls roster. Still a packed house. All right, we'll take a break. If you're a Cub fan or a Sox fan, we want to offer you radiotherapy. 312-644-6767. You can call and vent. If you're a Bulls fan, you can call and vent on the gaslighting that AK is trying to, to torch you with. 312-644-6767. And we're still going to hear from... Scotty Pippen, there's still more stupidity there. And by the way, I came across something. Dennis Rodman was ahead of his time. Oh, I can't wait to hear this. So we got a whole last hour to do that. Thanks for joining us on Memorial Day. Steve Rosenblum, Mike Esposito, Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The Step Back 3, you bet! Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.